Are you ready, Rod? I'm ready. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. Uh, In this podcast, as you know, what we love to do is take big, giant, juicy, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help ourselves a little bit and hopefully some of you through the process of change. And this week, what we wanted to talk about is a book I'm listening to. Y'all know how much I love my library card. I am listening to Gina Davis's memoir called Dying of Politeness. And when I mentioned the title and the subject matter to Rod, he's like, that, that's what I want to talk about. That's, let's talk about that this week. So here we are. We're going to talk about what it is to be dying of politeness. What does that mean? How do we both fall into that trap? And hopefully towards the end, how do we break free? Rod, what do you want to add into the mix, my friend? I can't wait. I can't wait. So I haven't listened to the... I've only got your preview and everything you're saying. Like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh, oh, I resonate with what you're saying. So I I have this like... I'm going to probably watch a bunch of Gina Davis movies this weekend too or this day (laughs) she's uh she's really something special like i i don't think i had a full appreciation obviously thelma and louise and the fly and like her her big stuff but now getting uh insight into who she is as a human being and what her inner machinations are it was it's so insightful it's so insightful maybe start us off with a couple of uh you don't have to do the full recap, but just a couple of the gems and then we can <clears throat> dive into them and r- relate it. Because I, I saw a lot of relation to even you know myself in work contexts and personal contexts. Yeah, so her basic, the basic premise is that um, she, she literally would rather die. In, and this is, I'm, I am like two thirds of the way through. I'm not even done, but I, it's so good. We want to talk about it. Um, the basic idea is that she would rather die than put somebody out. And so like, how do you make yourself as small as you possibly can so that you inconvenience as few people as possible? Um, and and go, what it's like to go through life with that as your mindset and what it's yeah. like to, you know, as a as someone who's an incredible actor, um, you know, talking about the early steps in her career where people would say to do things and she would just say, OK, to just about anything yeah. because she didn't want to come across as difficult. She didn't want to come across as, you know, again, inconveniencing everybody. And it can be as small as you know somebody you're at someone's home and they offer you a cup of tea or a glass of water and you say no no matter what because you don't want to inconvenience right. them even though they've offered you don't want to inconvenience them and exactly. making them go to the kitchen to get that <clears throat> thing for you would be an inconvenience and that well, I was like yep yeah, I have done that oh, yeah. so much in my life it is insane yeah I mean that's because when you say it I'm like uh-huh yeah isn't that what everyone is like? I know, <laughs> I know. And and so I'm learning through this book that no, we don't we don't have that if someone offers you a glass of water, it's because they're more than happy to go to the kitchen and, and get that for you. And then my virtue thing would also be them, but then I'm gonna have to use the bathroom. And what if they haven't cleaned their bathroom? And then they're gonna feel guilty feel and like <laughs> crap if I go to their bathroom. And so I better not drink any liquids. Like these are the inner machinations of someone who 
has this dying of politeness. I'm gonna, I don't know whether it's a gene or a learned experience or what, but where this is your modus operandi, it, 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 it is quite limiting in one's life. It is really like, uh, it's really amazing. It's, it's, yes. it's an eye-opening idea to think that we don't have to go through the world yeah. in a way that is making ourselves so small that we're invisible. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, because we like to relate personal and work uh, things together. I can tell mm-hmm. you, like, I, I think through my career, this is a, this is um, just how I how I am. I remember a manager yeah. ten years ago telling me, I don't know how what we were talking about, but she's like, "Yeah, actually, you're very easy to manage because you don't ask for anything, and right. you don't." And and she's like, "The oh feedback my God, was." People have said that to me too. <laughs> Yeah, so the feedback is is like you need to uh kind of look out for yourself a little bit and and say what you want. And and I've never, you know, in career or in in as as the flow of work comes to you or you're thinking about your whatever you want to do, I, it's so difficult for me to say like I want to do this thing over there. I don't yeah. want to do what you're telling asking me or whatever you're asking me i want to do it in a different way where the default is and i know that i now at this stage i i kind of know to myself uh when i look into a situation kind of what is expected but it's so my default is so like yes sure i can do my best to help you i'm going to try my best to help you even if that it doesn't she doesn't really matter if it matches what i where right. I would want to be focusing because that's my the center of attention or the I guess I'm not saying this any elaborately but it's the default reaction it's based on the values that you're brought up with this is how you approach a situation it's and it doesn't matter the, if it's going to exhaust you or mean that you can't focus on the things you love as much yeah. as you would like to it's right. just the the overwhelming guilt and shame of saying no to someone or saying I can't do that right now or yeah you know it is um is too much it's it that is it's just too much and yeah. so we say yes to things even if it pushes us to the brink yeah exactly <laughs> exactly holy so, moly but I, I didn't realize that part until you just said it I'm like oh my god I do that I totally do that yeah <gasps> it's and I find it I mean it's not that we're unsuccessful like we obviously we've achieved stuff in our own lives but someone like gina davis you know internationally known movie actress i am always interested when you hear stories of people in those positions who are have these similar traits because they're like yeah whoa i thought this was a well because in a way it's like to myself it's a limiting belief it's you know part of the reason i am where i am and maybe i think i could be better or farther advanced but I'm not because of these kinds of traits. But here she is. I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to have to listen to the book to get the, all the details. But You're going to have to listen to the book. <laughs> it's so good. Everybody get the book. You can get it with your library card. Everybody get it. It's so good. But did, she, did I mean, the is it just become, uh, just make it through from one thing to the next one, you know, for her case, one movie to the next or whatever with this approach in life and... I think where I am in the book, 
so she, well, I'm, I'm past the point where she has made Thelma and Louise with Susan Sarandon. Mm. And for her, Susan Sarandon is this person who shows up in her life and set, and shows her what it is to just not be um, embarrassed, ashamed, whatever, of her, of her own voice. Like she has a voice. She uses – this is Susan Sarandon. She has yeah. a voice. She uses her voice. She does it unabashedly. Um, Like, I guess in one scene, they wanted her, they wanted the Gina Davis character to take her top off in the car. And Gina was like, I'm not, I don't want to. But to the, to the director, she was like, yep, sure. mm -hmm, mm -hmm." And then she went and told Susan Sarandon, Susan was, and like made it clear to Susan that she didn't want to do it. And then Susan walked up to the director and said, she's not, Gina's not doing that. That's stupid. We're not doing that. And so I think it's (laughs) the time, times in our lives where we have those role models that just, do this so naturally uh, and use their voice so naturally and aren't worried about the ramifications and the implications. And am I going to disappoint somebody? And am I going to make somebody feel badly? And all those, like, again, that committee that we have, (laughs) it's like so noisy sometimes um, that just seem to have either not grown up in the same way or have done the work and, you know, gotten through it already. Uh, but that was that was a big learning for me was just her relationship with Susan Sarandon off camera, yeah. which explains why they had such good chemistry on camera, um, yeah. because you could see that kind of like, no, no, we're not we're not doing that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not having it. I'm not having it. And it, it was uh, it's it was a liberating thing when I heard that because I thought I don't. I mean, I'm not, I, I use my voice at the office, but I probably, I couch things in, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm very conscious of how I say things and that I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Well, that's And, uh, and my boss right now who I adore makes fun of me and says like, I say sorry a lot. He's like, and he's trying to help me stop saying sorry because I am like a sorry junkie. I say sorry for everything. I am the person that bumps into a wall and says sorry to a wall. Like I am 100% <laughs> that person. And so I really am trying to break that that idea that I need to be sorry for existing. And I think that's what yeah. the book is getting at, right? Like, we're here for a reason. We don't have to be sorry for existing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there are two really key things here, which is why, the, for me, this topic is so important to explore. Is One is finding voice, because that's come up, too, for me before on the... Uh, like the when I've talked to whether it's a coach or a, you know in a, th- a therapist kind of situation, it like c- comes down to it's like this, um, you know, when you subconsciously know that your voice you don't have your voice in expressing it, it brings a melancholy yes. into life, and there's that. And then the other point I want to dive into is the part about pleasing everyone because that's I so many times I'm in a whatever scenario personal or work any and i'll i won't be able to express myself well and it's because i i feel like what i'm saying is going to be a critique or it's not it's going to offend somebody it's going to impose on somebody and i'm trying to find the perfect words for it to smooth out like so to say it without it <laughs> landing such as like an imposition or a critique or putting somebody on the spot and yeah, and it, then it just comes out as a jumbled mess. And then it, I feel like what happens when that happens is we kind of get frozen ourselves, right? Like we just, like it just, it freezes us. It freezes us and prevents us from sharing ideas or 
um, you know, participating in a conversation fully because we have that inner thought of what if I'm going to say, what if I say something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings? That's such a good way to say it to freeze it. Actually for me, because then I'm, I'm spend so much time thinking of these perfect words and it's like, ah, I'm frozen in this moment. And then the moment sometimes it passes and I don't say anything because I was like so worried about how this comment (laughs) might have said would offend somebody. Yeah. Can you imagine that there are people in this world, Rod, who never think of that? Isn't that amazing to think about? Like there are people who go through the world who never, that thought would never even occur to them. And I feel like kind of hard for me to imagine that, but I, I I know. Saw an exercise here. Okay. You know, it's like, imagine another universe, parallel universe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think, I think of Elon Musk when I think of that, right? Like that guy doesn't care. Yeah. About what he, like, he doesn't care if he's hurting people's feelings and, you know, what, like what people think of him. He doesn't care about any of that. And I guess there's probably a happy medium between those of us who were dying of politeness Mm -hmm. and the extreme human who doesn't care about anything that anybody says, or, you know, if, if feelings are being heard or whatever, there's probably a, a happy medium yeah. To be found. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and I've thought like it's some, in those cases, it's it's finding the uh, the right ways of expression to ease into it. Yep. Um, that, that might be the way. But just even the sense of it's it's hard to get around that. And this is like speaks to these values that we're brought up with we can certainly tweak and adjust and be aware of them, but how powerful they are. Yes. Um, that they're always, that they're always there by default. Right? How it's a program, right? Like it really is a program that is yeah. like, you have to do a hard reboot on ourselves to get rid of that, to get rid of that program. Yeah. One of the things she talks about in the, in the book is um, that I'm starting to practice a little bit now. And I just heard it on this is part of the book I just heard on Friday. I'm like, it's take it's going to take me such a short it's a 12 hour, I think, listen, and I think I'm going to be Ooh. done it in four days. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, is she sort of did it. She stood up for herself in small bite sized chunks. So she didn't do a big like Ooh, elaborate yeah. um, wholesale change all at once she picked like one movie where she wanted something very specific changed and stood her ground and even though it got awkward like she describes like shaking and being so nervous and you know the people around her who loved her saying nope stick do it stick to your gun stick to it stick to it stick to it and so i think having two things one is try it in bite-sized chunks and yeah. two is yeah. make sure you've got your support network who's cheering you on and saying like, no, this is like yeah. you are you are asking for something reasonable here. This is not unreasonable. Yeah. I think because that's I think how it feels for me often is like, oh, my God, I'm just being so unreasonable if I set right. boundaries, if I, you know, do these things. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, that's right. And it is it, like, I, so those are, those are the two things. And I do think it's now that I, I hadn't thought about it in the context of boundaries before, but I think it does play into that. And I know I'm getting better at boundaries. So maybe I'm getting better at this, but Tell it's a, it's a ba- life's journey. Boundaries. Like it is like a, it is, this is not 
for the faint of heart. And this is not like a, you know, a flip week, a switch we can flip and it changes overnight, you know? Yeah, totally. Tell me about boundaries. What do you mean you're doing better? What is the boundaries that you're talking about? Oh, like what just because I think part of asking, and I'm just making these connections now as we're talking about it, but yeah, parting, part of us asking for what we need and being honest and clear about it is also being clear about what we will and won't accept in life. Like, it's okay mm. to treat me like this. It's not okay to treat me like that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, this is the kind of work I enjoy. This is, I don't want to do this kind of work. Um, and to me, that is about setting personal boundaries and, and becoming really, um, okay with saying this stuff is good. This stuff is bad. And, yeah. and standing up for oneself in those, in that, in that way, you know, based on yeah. the stuff that you enjoy and don't enjoy. Like, for example, if you know that the whole we've talked before about fast and slow thinking and yeah. i think we've even talked about that book quiet that there's this expectation yeah. in our world that extroverts win and you know you got to have fast oh, responses and you got to like get your stuff out as fast as you possibly can and that's what success looks like well what if it's not like what if what if thinking is a process and you know like the, believing that your ideas are worth it to get out that Asking people around you for a little bit of time so that you can get your ideas out is is a safe and okay thing to do. Like imagine imagine that world. Yeah. I want that world where know. you know it's not just like the fast thinking like boop 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 these things hooray go do it and that's yeah. what happens. I want the world where fast thinking that's... happens and slow thinking happens and everything in between. You know, yeah. I want that. Yeah, 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 I do too. But I. I may be in a mode of pessimism um, around that topic, but I just think it's, I think it's hard to achieve because it's like the, you know, the confident person versus the person who's kind of le less confident. Confidence is all, is just contagious. And it's, you know, it's hard even for me to say that it's, it's not good to have the confident person, but that's what, that's what fast thinking is, is it's hmm. confidence. Well, and or it's portrayed confidence. I would just challenge you lovingly and say it's portrayed yeah. confidence. It might not actually be confidence, but but people perceive it yeah. as confidence, right? Right. Yeah. And that, right. And then, and that's powerful. Like I, I would say that that's that's just a reality of how people then interact because they feed off each other, and it's hard to, you know, if someone's like reflecting on a topic and it's taking them a while to think about it and it's coming across as less confident like sure that person might be getting to a good answer but the group themselves it's hard for them to you know be on a momentum forward if there's a sense you know if there's doubt versus surety you know confidence and that anyways i'm just i little i'm with you like i i think the the where the uh it it's it's like the our conversation from the last episode of right versus happy mm. and then i was kind of saying it's like right versus uh telling the story of or, or managing your story it's that's the confidence thing that's the the introvert like that's the other debate there here too is, yeah. is that like the person who puts all the stuff on the table is the one who's like putting the their idea out there first asking for everything 
uh, confident. It's that's the air quote right here, maybe or maybe not. But that's the happy because that's the easy thinking. And I'm with you. It's like I don't. I want a world which doesn't just do that, because there's loads of folks who are slow thinking or or reflective like us, who kind of say, well, that's maybe not the right. That's not the correct thing to do here. Right. How right. do we? Um, and yeah, and then so the voice, I mean, this does tie together to me, and which is why it's so interesting hearing about this book, because it's like, how do you get that voice out when you don't naturally do it? You don't naturally get bring your voice out. So how do you overcome that barrier? I wonder, this is like a bit of a call to action to people who are in leadership roles, whether that's at work or in a friendship group, because there's always a power dynamic in friendship groups or, you know, whatever, <laughs> to make sure that there is space held for folks who don't say their words first. So like, I, yeah. I will always because I think I did facilitation in a classroom for so long. And those silences where you ask a question and no one says anything are so brutal. I am very quick to say something because I hated those moments where I would ask a question in a classroom and no one would say anything. And it made me feel so mm. awkward. So now I'm, now I am like, I, I tend to respond faster, but for those folks who don't, for whatever, all the reasons for whatever the reasons are, then I think anybody in a leadership role, it's incumbent on that person to say, well, hold on a second. Let's make sure we're hearing from everybody. Let's make sure we're hearing from so-and-so who hasn't spoken up yet, but always brings such great ideas to the table. Like that's where I think, and then we're in leadership roles, you know, do, how do we model that? How do we, how do I make sure that I personally am modeling that, um, that appreciation for different types of thinking and make sure that someone isn't being quiet, like for whatever reason, we're, you know, whatever yeah. reason is driving someone to feel and be quiet. Um, yeah. How do we, how do we make space for that person? That's my yeah. new, I, that's my own personal call to action. I'm going to think about yeah. that a lot more because I can mm -hmm. change it. Like I can change it within myself, like the, the world in which I can control inside me. I can start mm -hmm. thinking about this and, and making sure I'm saying no, if something doesn't feel right, or, you know, that I, I say, yeah. yes, please, if I want that cup of tea and I, you know, I don't worry about someone having to go to the kitchen and hit the on bottle on the <laughs> kettle. Um, yeah. Which it sounds so crazy when you say it out loud, but then, but then I think about what can I create around me that will make it better for others too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. true. Hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, think, uh, you've got to get this book and listen to it and then yes, maybe we'll come to. back and we'll do a full and proper debrief of it. But we were just so excited yeah. when we were talking yeah. about it, this very early conversation that um, like, I just, I, we just wanted to talk about the topic. And so yeah. I, I would say, call out to anyone who feels like you're dying of politeness right now. You're not alone. Um, and start, you know, first of all, listen to the book because it's awesome, but then start, yeah. you know, thinking about areas where you can challenge your own totally. thinking in your own way. I think this, it, it, it's such a good advice and, and it's come up many times this technique of doing a very small first step. Don't try mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, I'm going to be this new person tomorrow. It's like, what's the real tangible next step? And no, it's going to be uncomfortable yes. and awkward and icky. Yes. Um, but just commit to those baby steps. 
And have your cheering committee around you, not just the yeah. challenge committee up in your head that's yelling at you all the time. Have people outside yeah. of your head who are going to help you and cheer you on and say, good job, you. And you know, really be there when you feel that wavering feeling because the program is yeah. hard. If, if, if you've been raised in this uh, politeness programming, it's hard to shake it. It really is. Yeah. yeah. This has been so much fun, Rod. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna, you because. promise you're going to listen to the book and then we're going to come back and, on, and talk about it again. Yes. So okay. uh, library geeks that we are. So I also, <laughs> I, I just, while we were talking, I reserved a hold on it for the audiobook. Of course, the audiobook's the way to go. It's so good. Yeah, because yeah. it's her reading it as well. So it's 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 literally her telling her story. It's so good. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.